0: You know, the Joe Ostrowski laugh is one of the more underrated aspects to this show. (laughs) Uh, Just blurting (laughs) something ridiculous. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by MGM Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Hey, the U.S. women's national team was this close to being eliminated in the group stage of the World Cup. They hang on to finish a draw with Portugal 0-0. Draw was plus 425. The under two and a half goals gets home easily. You're welcome, America. The U.S. women's national team finishes second in the group and will face Sweden in the round of 16 Sunday at five o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. This will be a massive one. The U.S. is number one in FIFA's rankings, Sweden is number three and there's already a little bit of discontent among the ranks with the women's national team. After the match, the US players were seen dancing around and taking selfies and signing autographs with fans, and that did not sit well with former World Cup champion, Carly Lloyd. These are not
1: the images we should be expecting to see from a team that survived Portugal and survived to get to the round of 16. What? The- I-, I appreciate them taking care of the fans, but- Let me tell you, Carly Lloyd's butt would be back in the locker room kicking things, throwing things.
2: I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You were lucky to not (laughs) be going home right now.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, The U.S. uh, was nearly ousted from the World Cup, uh, if not for a post that Portugal hit uh, in stoppage time in the second half. And to me, there are two problems with this, Joe. We want to get into this real fast. Number one, you know, you've got Megan Rapinoe, who's a veteran there. So, I mean, I feel like the leadership Mm. is still strong within the women's national team. Let's not go crazy here. And the second thing is there is a major generational divide when Carly Lloyd says things like that. First off, Today's sports in general involve athletes getting more boisterous and more energetic as long as they didn't lose outright. So that's part of it. The other thing, too, is, look, this is a tougher tournament for Team USA this year than in previous World Cups. Not that, you know, past teams maybe aren't better, but this is a tougher tournament. And so to make it to the knockout stage, I think, is a bit of an achievement, and i literally have no problem with this we see this all the time in other sports like especially with basketball where older generations complain about today's game and today's athletes whatever and we're doing it here in the women's world cup i think that's absurd
1: and so then afterwards the coach has to respond to this because this becomes a story and he says he says the one thing i want to say is that this team wanted to win this game more than anything else well of course mm-hmm. Just because you're celebrating this does not mean this was the goal. That's not what's happening. And yeah, I, I think that is the perfect way to put it, that there's a generational divide here. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a step. You can be happy about completing a step. It doesn't mean like, okay, we're good. Mission accomplished. Time to go home. I, that's a, that's, I, I guess that was the, the disconnect there.
2: I disagree. I do think sometimes, like, serious competitors like Kobe Bryant and, you know, players of that nature, like, they take losses very hard. Not that they're supposed to have their heads down necessarily, but they could have been ousted. And nobody's scoring Mm -hmm. for the women's national team. That's a huge problem. And when the goalpost is your best defender, that's another problem. So I just – I don't know. I think there should have been more of a a medium there. I I I can see where Carly uh, Lloyd is coming from with that. I I wouldn't say it's like disrespectful to the game, but. No. You almost lost, you know, like it's nothing really to celebrate when you were the favorites and you should like hold yourself to a higher standard. And maybe that's what she means. Like, come on, let's have a sense of urgency. Like we need to dig deeper here and be taking a look at what we've done wrong and fix those mistakes instead of dancing around.
0: If you look at expected goals for this match, Team USA probably should have won this thing by two and said it, mm-hmm. ends, it ends in a draw. And so defensively, uh, Team USA should be just fine the rest of the way. Yeah, they, they could have some more you know, competent attacking, I suppose. Not necessarily wishing for set pieces as much. But at the same time, look, it's soccer. Things happen. You're not always going to score whenever you have a fantastic offense. That's kind of what happened here. And so I think they, you know, Team USA knows itself well enough to know, hey, look, yeah, we didn't get the absolute best result we could have. And yeah, it's going to be a tougher path path to the final because they finished second in the group. And so now the competition is going to be a good bit stiffer than if, say, they were on the other side of the bracket. But at the same time, Joe, I look at this and say, this is an overreaction. Team USA could very well still win the World Cup. There's no reason to say, "Hey, look, you know, now we need to be, you know, waving the red flag or anything like that." Yes, everyone else is a good bit be- better this go round. But, again, this generational gap, it it just felt like too much.
2: But I think maybe her her comments will spark that. You know what I mean? They still could go on, but maybe this is kind of the kick in the butt that they needed to be like, you know what? We need to take a step back and figure out how we can be better. Maybe she's right. Out of respect for her and take a look at themselves and Mm -hmm. see what they can do. And sometimes you need that harsh criticism to, to take a look at yourself.
1: See, but I thought the kick in the butt that they needed was Aaron Hawksworth predicting that they would score zero goals and then they go out there and score zero goals. (laughs) You should have bet the correct score. I wonder what that was.
2: I know. Yeah, if you like it, you should have put a bet on it. I saw the future. It's crazy that I said that. A riveting (laughs) nil-nil draw.
1: Nothing I like
2: more.
0: (laughs) If you would have had
1: trouble sleeping last night,
0: it's right here for you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Team USA, the 4-1 to co-favorites with England and Spain to win the World Cup. And so those odds have lengthened a good bit. What they did in the group stage, uh, you know, there are parts of it offensively that were not inspiring. But defensively, they've been about as strong as any team in the World Cup. And so this kind of goes back to this whole idea of in terms of a betting perspective, there are probably a lot of unders in our future. And so I know Aaron is super excited uh, to see a lot less scoring the way (laughs) soccer was intended to be played. So – That means just, you know, (laughs) bet on that and you'll be happy. So, that's the way to go. Uh, So, we've got a lot of baseball that we need to get to, uh, including a free-to-play game uh, for BetMGM. Swing for the fences with BetMGM's free-to-play game over the next month. To get this offer in three easy steps, log into BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game from May 27th through September 7th. Be a batter. Pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the strike zone you pick, you will get a single dollar. Double, triple or home run or pop out receive the prize associated with that type of hit played once a day prizing must be used on mlb and expires in 24 hours so we had aj pierzinski on at the top of the show fantastic conversation make sure to go back to our podcast feed and all of the good stuff that we put out uh, throughout the day on the socials make sure you check out the interview in case you haven't already joe the biggest takeaway that i had from that conversation was what he said about the Baltimore Orioles. Because, yes, this is a young, hungry ball club. And last year, as you will recall, they were sellers uh, trading away Trey Mancini, and they still nearly made the postseason. This year, they're in a position to potentially have the top record in the American League and get a, a wild card buy, which would be fantastic for them. The idea that, okay, well, they're fine the way they are, they've got wonderful prospects, they want to build for the future, et cetera. Well... It's possible that even though they burst onto the scene with this kind of success first time in a long time, that it's possible to make a move, even a small one, just so that the O's know that the front office has their back. And I think there's something to be said for that because it's not a perspective that I would have since I've never been a Major League Baseball player. But, e- mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily needing a blockbuster move. It's just something small to tell the ball club, hey, look, we believe in you. We're going to make a little tweak to make you even better. Now go out there and win a World Series.
1: That was an interesting point that Przinski was making with us earlier in the show about the Cubs. Like his perspective is, you're not winning the World Series. Why are you buying? just worry about your future because you're not going to be a champion this year. And, and you're saying it'll be interesting what the O's do because the O's might do what the Cubs just did. The Cubs went on this great winning streak and they decide to add, and it looks like they're keeping Stroman, even though he was awful again last night and the market's probably pretty down in Stroman at the moment. I As you go over that, Ed, I kind of think that the comp in the National League is the Reds, right? It's the Reds, young team, mm, great yep. farm system, all these players in the mix for NL Rookie of the Year, after De La Cruz as well, and what are the O's going to do? And they both have slim leads in their given divisions. So, yeah, I'm really curious – how those teams handle it. Because we hit on this a little bit uh, yesterday, Aaron, these teams are set up for the future. You don't want to look and say, oh, we're going to have so many bites at the apple to make a deep run. We want to have prospects to move at that time. Maybe now isn't our time because you never know. I mean, you can have a pile of injuries one given year, and then that that season is thrown away. And then all of a sudden you lose a year of control with everyone. So, yeah, I, I agree, Ed, that um, – the O's are going to be one of the more fascinating teams to see how they handle today's deadline.
2: Yep. I can't wait as well because I do think they are world series contenders. And I also like what AJ said about, you know, they're an arrogant confident team and Kyle Gibson was just asked about it. He said, are there players that can make our team better? Sure. But I think we have a really darn good baseball team and i believe that i think they all believe that and that's what's really cool and special about it because we've also seen teams go out spend a lot of money and make some moves and not make it to the world series you know and things Mm -hmm. then it's like oh man why did we we change things up If, if it's not broke don't fix it so I'm excited to see what they do. Maybe like Ed was saying, add a little piece here just to show them that they have their back in the front office. But um, what they're doing seems to be working as well there in Baltimore.
0: I think sometimes, and Joe, I'd love your opinion on this. I think sometimes we sort of separate starting pitching and relief pitching as sort of two completely separate entities and to me, it doesn't, in all, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes to help starting pitching, you have a good relief pitcher in there so that you're not requiring a starting pitcher to go through the order, say, a third time, for instance. So even if you get a reliever who maybe you know the biggest of baseball fans are, are keeping track of and that's it, that can still help your overall starting rotation. And if that's all the O's do – maybe that's enough for them. The other thing, too, that I want to get to real fast is we don't have to look that far in the past to look at a ball club to say, okay, here is a team that maybe had a really short window. Look at the Padres, for instance. They made the NLCS a season ago. This year, they may not make the the postseason at all. And we may have thought last year after trading for Juan Soto that they were going to set themselves up for years And it's possible their one good shot was the season that they traded for Juan Soto.
1: Wasn't last night a perfect example of what you're talking about with Baltimore? Kyle Gibson did exactly Mm -hmm. what you were looking for. He gave you a quality start. Six solid innings, one run on four hits. Now we've got to get to Batista. So handling that seventh and eighth, defining those roles. And when your starter is only able to go five, getting that extra arm to help you get to Batista. At the very end, so I mean that was uh, that was a fun game, man. They were flashing some leather and key moments last night. And That's the stuff, you know. A lot of lot of shows, including ours. You know, we get caught up in pitching numbers and the hitting numbers and the matchups on a day to day basis, and sometimes we forget about the defense. That's the biggest reason they won that game last night, because some of the the, the Hayes catch in a crucial moment late. Plays like that, Aaron's what wins you games. And they just happen to be going against Toronto. And another thing that Mm -hmm. AJ mentioned, you have that Bichette injury happen the day before the deadline. So you would assume the Jays are in go for it mode as well. So are are they going to make some sort of addition today to help that infield?
2: You would think they would, right? I think it'll be interesting to see what the Jays, uh, the Orioles, that whole division is intriguing. Well, Maybe not one team that we all are not, <laughs> we're laughing at. But yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I think the Jays have to make a move as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they made a couple, but maybe they need to make a few more just to keep up with uh, some dynamite ball clubs in that division. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board right here on the BetQL Network.